She is a polite computer lady. Well, hey there, beautiful listeners. Welcome back inside the sound. This is Michael. And this is Ryan. And uh, we have a very special guest joining us inside the sound today. Would you please care to introduce yourself to our beautiful listeners? Yeah. Hi, my name is Gus G. Um, and I'm a guitar player. And it's great to be here. Gus G in the house, baby. The wickedly talented. I dig that. Thank you. Thank you. I need a few thank more you. seconds of applause. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. all, right, all right. That's good. That's good. Just what need a second. Go. Just had to make sure that sound. That was an through. encore of applause. You like that? Okay. Like. <laughs> cool. All right. Let me get myself full screen here and, and zoned in. Woo. All right. Man, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come hang out with us. Come chat with us. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Why don't we, you know what? I do have to ask this question because I see all those guitars in the background. Yes. Um, as guitar players, we always want to ask, what what cool guitar do you have in your collection? Like, what's the coolest one? But I want to know if you could only keep one of all the guitars that you've ever had, which one would it be? Come on, man. What kind of question is this? <laughs> <laughs> Impossible to answer. This is why we specialize in. Uh, okay. I really don't know. It's like picking a favorite ice cream. Yeah. It's kind of impossible sometimes, you know? It is. I I would definitely would keep one of my signature guitars, obviously, because they are custom made for me and I've been involved, but I've had quite a few models and variations of them over the years. So it'll be hard to just pick one. Understandable. That's an acceptable answer. If you have a whole signature line, you know, involved i think that's acceptable yeah. i could see how that would be close to your heart your, your signature guitar yeah yeah i mean that's that's my go-to guitars always you know my um my signature guitars i, I really don't have that many diff like other guitars other than my my own i mean i have a few of course of course but um but most of my collection is like prototypes and guitars that we design along the way before we reach the final production model so and over the years they pile up and pile up and then you know you have a room full of guitars sounds like a great problem to have yeah it's a it's a good problem to have yeah yeah it is uh, it's it's a blessing man i mean just you know to, to get to design a guitar it's it's really cool um so what, what yeah, was that? I mean, oh good no no I said, what did that feel like the first time that you were able to design a guitar with the manufacturer? Like, what was that experience like? Right. I was thinking the same thing. It must have been pretty I, surreal for you. Huh? Yeah, it was. It was. I was very young back then. And I, I used to, um, I worked with a Japanese company called ESP. I mean, they're American also now, but they started out in Japan. 
And I was like, who would want a signature guitar from me? Like, that was the first thought. I'm like, why? Like, why? <laughs> why? And then... <clears throat> did you know? Japanese wisdom. Yeah. And then I was like, of course, you know what? I'm given this opportunity. I might as well think about it a little bit and, um, and have fun. And... You know, they, they, they suggested, uh, you, you see those weird shaped, star-shaped guitars back there? So that was like my thing right. si since the beginning. And, um, and that started because of my first, my early trips to Japan, my early tours when I was very young, my early 20s. And I used to play at the time, like one of those Dimebag, Dimebag Daryl guitars. And oh, um, cool, yeah. yeah, and he played that those shape as well but the dean the dean guitars which has bigger body but this is like the original design and um i remember the guys telling me the japanese guys telling me well you know fans kind of ad identify you with this shape so why don't you keep on playing the star shape so we got that right out of the way you know what kind of shape i would go for so that became um almost like a trademark for me over the years and and from there on you know you just it's kind of cool to to to, to work on on the specs basically and be involved in all that and go back and forth and this with the designers and stuff. There's something about that star shape where like the arm that's sticking out, uh, it like looks like it's actually rocking with you at the same time. Like it looks like it's actively in the, in the, in the process of rocking as you just look at, you know, it. it's a that part shape. actually that you're talking about that upper part. It, it's become like now, like an extension of my body. Like if you hand me a different guitar, I would have a hard time playing Dang, like a strap really? shaped guitar. And it's funny how that happens, man. You get used to yeah, it and you get a feel for it. It's been like 20 years now. So I, I've like, I, I know how my, I have a way of arresting my arm on there. And so my picking technique is kind of like almost, oh, it goes together. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. that makes sense. Yeah. You, you know what? Speaking, I, I, this is something I was curious about just watching you play and listening to your music. Uh, you brought up your picking technique. One thing that has always stuck out to me about your playing is how clean it is, like the precision. Even on the crazy runs, like every note is is so clear. Was is that just your style, or was that calculated for you? Um. Well, obviously, I uh, first of all, thanks. But I, I um, you know, I, I practice a lot for that. Uh, so. It was not natural, if that's what you mean, maybe. Um, I had to put a lot of work into it. And I always wanted to, to I always, I, I never liked guitar players that when they did fast runs and it kind of, it sounded kind of sloppy. Yeah, that's what and I'm talking about. You're, you're, it's clean for you. No, no sloppiness detected, bro, for real. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I didn't like that. I know that's also part of rock and roll to be a little bit sloppy sometimes, but it depends on the kind of stuff you're into. But for me, I wanted to. I wanted to have the rock and roll vibe, of course, and the, that dirtiness. But when I play all the the fast picking runs, I uh, I really worked hard at you know with a metronome and practicing and practicing for years to to get all that stuff right. Um, so yeah, that's just that's just how I, I approached it. I think it's part of what like sets apart your playing with this high octane style you've got that it's clean and it's it's very precise. You come across as a precision player. And it it's it's absolutely something that like if you listen through these tracks and say so you that comes through for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've heard though I've, I've heard comments that I'm sloppy, so they, they cool. lie. I don't know. Oh, just messing yeah. with you, man. That, that's just a, a hater right there trying to bring you down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, you know what, Gus? We we really love to hear the origin story. You know, with people like you, like what made you want to pick up the guitar? How did this whole music thing start for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, I think it goes back into uh, when I was eight or nine years old, and just listening to some vinyls that my dad had at home. My dad is, uh, you know, I'm from Greece, so my dad is was heavily into Greek music. So I would listen to all those records of Greek music at home. That 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 didn't really strike a chord with me, but he had a few rock vinyls, and when he put those on, whenever those played around the house, like some Peter Frampton or Eagles or Pink Floyd, that was like immediately the sound that I would my my ear felt like natural to him. Like, wow, this is this is cool. Not all that Greek bazooki stuff. So. Um, <laughs> The guitar but, spoke so, to you early on. What's that? The guitar spoke to you early on. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I remember it was uh, Frampton Comes Alive. That was the vinyl. And he was doing that effect with um, um, a talk box. It's like this effect that you put like this tube in your mouth and the sound goes through there and you kind of morph the sound into this thing and you can even talk with it. We um, know that riff well. Yeah, so it's not like you know. I, I thought it was like like a robot speaking, but with a guitar when I was when, when I was a kid. So, anyways, that was like the the epiphany moment for me, and I just uh, asked my father to buy me a guitar and just get me t- to some lessons. And um, instead, I, instead of an electric, I got a, a classical guitar, a nylon string, and I was bummed out. All the parents want classical musicians. I'm telling you guys. This comes up so much, man. Our parents, they don't want to hear us practicing on that amp, you know. They, they, don't they didn't make, maybe they didn't know any better. I don't know. So, and, and I think my dad, what happened was he asked around and somebody must have told him that, oh, you, your kids should start out with classical first and then go to electric, which is, it's a myth, man. Like having a proper, having a good guitar teacher or music teacher it doesn't matter if you you know it doesn't require that you start from classical and then you move to the next thing which is electric it's like you either have a good teacher who who shows you the way or you don't right and if you want to play classical guitar or acoustic guitar that's one thing and then if you want to play electric and rock or jazz or whatever that's another thing you know yeah it's his own world like and we've talked to a few like uh like well players that play acoustic and classical styles and it's like a almost like you have a different brain to play those things it's not the same as rock it's 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 not. they're separate you know i mean on, on acoustic guitar or classical guitar, you don't even do vibrato you don't bend strings and that's the most that's the coolest thing about electric guitar and rock guitar and blues styles you know that is that it's that's why i think guitar is the coolest uh string instrument it's the only instrument that you can bend the notes and that's so expressive and you can do vibrato you cannot do that on a piano that's true well unless it's electric yeah Yeah. the expressiveness of the guitar is one of the things that i also appreciate about it you know the 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 nuances that you can create and also the the range the tone yeah yeah it's just so expressive like that so i didn't connect to the classical thing but it it, was you know that was that was a start and eventually i got an electric guitar later on when i was 14 maybe yeah so that was the origin that's how you got into it i'm curious about this journey obviously you've you've been a lot of places you've done a lot of cool gigs you play with bands where are some of these notable moments along this journey 
Oh man, there are so many of them. Um, usually, you know, a lot of musicians. Uh, I don't know. A lot of musicians probably think of the first time they went to a certain place. That is always like the most memorable. Sometimes, like you, like if you go to another country that's far away, you always remember that. Like I don't know, your first first tour in Asia, or first, you know what I mean, like a first visit to another continent. Um, so these things, you know, which were like milestones for, for me personally and my, and my little band. Um, so what, hmm. lots of moments, man, lots of, lots of, lots of notable moments. Um, you know, the first record contract, Oh right, of course. things like that, you know, like all the things we achieved, we've achieved with the bands, um, Obviously, my involve my, my involvement with with Ozzy later on that was like a obviously the biggest highlight of my career. Um, so so a lot of things, yeah. You know, I'm kind of curious. Uh, taking a couple of steps back, you know, you you talked about getting your first guitar and starting guitar at an early age, and a lot of people do that. You know, a lot of people play the guitar as a hobby. Was there a moment when you knew, okay, I want to do this as a professional? moving forward yeah to me it was a uh, full-on from the from day one basically i i knew i was going to do this that, that, that that's why i said it was an epiphany moment for me when i was nine i knew this is what i'm here for you know and um it's pretty crazy because what 10 year old thinks that <laughs> So, yeah. th- like, was there was almost never, like, a, set, a plan B, you know what I mean? There was never a plan B, even when I was in high school, and I had to choose what I was going to do afterwards. And I remember I was stressing out about that because I didn't really see myself doing anything else other than playing guitar. And, like, you know, in the late 90s, in a small country like Greece, playing in a rock, heavy metal band. I mean, I was not even in a band, but wanting to play in a band and do this for a living. It was unheard of, just unheard of. Right. Yeah, like really, a really what, crazy, distant thought, you know. So was it just that, you know, like something inside you, just like I have to do, like I have to do this, because you, you said it looked like something. I guess it was probably something odd, right? I'm, I want to be in a rock band, and I'm going to do this thing. Yeah, it was like an obsession for me. You know, all the guitar players that I loved when I was growing up and I was studying. It was like that's all I could think of twenty four seven, like being one of those guys and being in a band and making records. And I, I don't know, I don't know what, what, what it was, but you know, that, that's, that's the only thing I wanted since, you know, from my early, um, from my early, te- from my teens till basically now. <laughs> you know what? Another thought that came up, you know, when I was thinking about you and your playing, you know, what am I talking about? I'm like, when you become, you know, when you get to your level of anything, right? I mean, you're one of the best in the world at a thing, at what you do, and you're recognized as that. So I always have the question in my mind, like, was there a part of you as a young kid that was like, you know what, I want to be known, I want to be, you know, known as such? Yeah, of course, you know, you have all these um, thoughts and... (laughs) You, you you imagine things, you know how it could how it could be, how you could develop into whatever you want to be. Um, 
you know, every kid does that when they, they when they look themselves in the mirror or when they hold like a, a broom and they do air guitar or something. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing a stadium show in your kitchen with the broom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, 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 well, the difference back then with now, I guess, is that, or our generation, is that I knew I, I wanted to be known for for my music or my playing it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about that because nowadays people want to people want to be famous for doing nothing doing nothing yeah for yeah. like maybe going into a reality show that's what i mean like right. just by just by they going to a be TV famous show. and that's it they, they just want to be, be famous like but yeah. why do you why do you want to be famous for like Right. For fame, I mean, I didn't want to be famous for for my own ego. I wanted my work to be known. So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, you, you know what I mean. Like you have to you have to think like, why do you want to be? If you want to be a famous person, like, yeah, why why you have to be famous for something? Are yeah, you a painter, or did you? I don't know. Did you invent some medicine? Did you? You know what I mean? Like, did you? <laughs> yeah, it's like why? You know, some people get famous for all the wrong reasons. It's like you think of like, how do I want to be remembered? You know, how do I how do I want people to remember me? What do I want people to remember me for? You know, I think yeah, the the, the newer generations have maybe they have this problem. It's like this kind of fifteen seconds, fifteen minutes of fame. Like you you enter some reality show, you go to some TV show, and. It's also dangerous, also for the for for musicians that go into these talent shows for singers, you know, like yeah, yeah. Like, I'm so glad you kids feel so that way, man, because I feel that way. It's why I never ever I had the opportunity to go on uh, at least direction there, and I just never I because it's like yeah, it's like karaoke. I mean, no offense, it's it's good, it's great entertainment for the people that watch, but like if as a musician, what do you want to do, and what why do you want to sing, and what you know why do you want to play? I, this question of why is so, man, I'm just like so ecstatic that you actually are talking about this because it's, I mean, you, and you're, I think you're accurate, more accurate when you say 15 seconds of fame, because now it's like, look at what you see in social. It's like, right. this is a cool lick and it's, it's a, a 15 second video. lick, but like, can you play an hour and yeah. a set? You know, that's hard. That's really hard to do. You know, it is to keep people's yeah. attention for, for 40 minutes, 50 minutes, you know, put on a show like, play enough songs where they don't just be like, Oh, fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and to do what you do is even harder to just, you know, the instrumental thing, you know, it's yeah. like, Oh man, I, I, I just started doing this alone. now, you know, I like my previous records were like all, um, with, I mean, I, I've done instrumental music before, but the previous solo records that I've done were, um, collaborations. But this la last one I did was just all instrumental. And yeah, that is like you said, that, that, that is, yeah, quantum leap. Yeah, so that's that's hard, you know, to to kind of like make a. Um, I mean, I haven't done a full on instrumental solo show yet, but I am planning to this year, and uh, it'll be interesting. Side note: It's a kick-ass album. Oh man, you, you beat me to the punch. Can I just say? Can I please just say, Gus? I've been the fact that I get to actually say this to you is is great. So I'm like driving at night on a highway and night driver comes on for the first time and i was like holy shit he nailed it it was so perfect yeah. it was the best driving music i was like holy shit it, I, I just have to tell you that that, that track I just, hits uh, because of the, it almost has like a, a synth wave vibe yeah. you know with some some guitar so it's kind of it a is. cool cool idea there where did that what, what inspired that 
It is. I'm glad you guys brought it up. Actually, we're dropping the video for the song tomorrow. What? Um, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, sweet. And I made a totally VHS 80s retro wave vibe. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. It's cool. And uh, and um, the it was a different song originally. You know, it was a, it was like a hard rock song, you know, drums and bass, like a proper made for a band, you know. And then I was like, yeah. something's missing here. Something is not quite right. And I I, uh, I, get, I showed a demo to my buddy Strutter, who's like, he owns a studio here in my hometown, and I work with him on a lot of productions. And he is really into uh, synthwave stuff, and he's like, let's just strip this down, let's give it a different treatment. So we put on like this synth sound and like some kind of uh, 80s drum machine. And I took the backing track at home and started constructing guitar themes and melodies over that. And uh, and then yeah, like like uh, like like Michael just said that it's it's one of those. It's, it, it reminded me also like some kind of soundtrack where you know as if as if you're driving at night, you're cruising in your car, and you just going. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So from you, but it's uh, oh man, and because I had volume up all the way, I was at like top end volume in my car. I was like listening to the album in succession because I. I'm just the type I just grew up that way. Like I want to hear the artist's idea from start to finish. And so just, it just, it hit me at the right moment when it was like, no, no one else was around. And I was, it was like late at night and dark and it was just these city lights. And I was just like, Oh my God, is this, you know, I was like, is someone watching me? Like, is it, it was just so weird. It just, it was, I felt transcendent, man. I just, I, I freaking love that song. I, I love the whole album, but that's that song hit me at the right moment. Wow. That's so cool, man. There's an element that is of so that cool. too. You know, with the instrumental, like the song kind of paints a picture for you. Since yeah. there are many lyrics, like it has to tell a story. I feel like you've you've done that um, with the album. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, I, it, it has to. I mean, it's that was the one of the toughest things about making a full instrumental album. <clears throat> like, it has to be. Like I say, it has to. Uh, I, I approach it like as a, as you know pr proper songwriting, not and not just like a backing track that I just get to noodle over. Uh, like I, I I get really bored with guitar albums like that. I yeah. it, it has to be songs, you know what I mean? It has to be songs. I mean, but the guitar taking the the the, the role of the of the voice, right? Yeah, the phrasing and, it and it. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. Right, no, I was gonna say exactly that. Um, I beached it. I know really be so many engaging riffs in one song, you know, like you said, to tell a story and to keep people engaged. Like what do the riffs like just come to you and then you make them happen on the guitar? Or is it like sitting down and working stuff out? Um, it's a bit of both, you know, it's uh, a lot of stuff comes from improvisation, just jamming. And then you have an idea and you put like one idea next to another one. Sometimes songs can happen just like that like in 10 minutes you can just have like some kind of flow of creativity and then it stops almost like as if, as if you open like turn on like open a, a faucet like water runs out and then 10 minutes is like nothing left but you you have like a piece of work done <laughs> right and sometimes it's just random ideas here and there and you just don't know what to do with it for months <laughs> and you cannot finish a song and some songs are really hard to write. There's no real way that I go about it. Um, so it's, um, it's, it's always like a interesting process songwriting. Um, but you know, it has to be in, in my opinion, it has to be like in the, the end, like when, whenever I put stuff together, I have to be really happy. Like it has to 
say something. There has to be some kind of statement. You know, whether it's like a couple of wrists together or whether it's like that, that, that is meant for a vocalist or whether it's something that is a nice backing track and then you have to create the layers over it. Um, and it's a different approach writing music for just, you know, for, for vocals and instrumental. It's a totally different approach. What would you just, what do you think is like the defining factor between the two? Like as far as your mindset? Um, hard to say. Uh, it's, um, I guess the, the, the only thing is that with instrumental music is that you can get to be more uh, adventurous and branch out. Whereas like in my band, Firewing, there has to be some kind of line that we follow because we already have like nine albums and a certain style. I mean, I could not go, I, I couldn't throw a song like Night Driver, a synthwave <laughs> track on a Firewind record. It would be just right. weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and then like I have stuff like, um, like the opening track Into the Unknown, which is a bit more proggy. And then yeah. there's like all these parts to it. And it could work out like with vocals, but I, it's it just, you're, the minute like the, you put all these riffs together, you're like, okay, this would make a, a kick-ass uh, instrumental track if we put nice melodies over that and some nice solos. So then, then I go, I, I make that decision and then I work around that. And then other, other times when I write something more simplistic, for example, uh, or something more like um, traditional heavy metal, I'll be like, okay, this is like, this, this is a proper fire track. But I mean, look, it happens sometimes where you really don't know until the end. Cause I pile riffs, I pile them up, you know, in, uh, in my folders here. And, um, I have ideas laying around I, that I really don't know what they're going to be. Sometimes we go into a writing session with a producer and I'll send him stuff, even stuff that I think could be instrumental or for a solo record. And then I'll be like, what do you think of this? And then we'll make a firing track out of it. You never know. Yeah. It's kind of like you just, you create it and it'll, it'll end up where it's meant to. It's kind of a, yeah. Yeah. I don't I really thing. think like, Oh, this is that. And this is that you just want to make the, a good song. That's the, that's the first thing. Like you got to make a good song. And then when you have that, then you, then you can decide if it really fits your, di your current direction of the project you're making or the record you're making. It seems like the process is, is, is a lot like uncovering the statue in the stone versus like building the statue from scratch. Like it's you're uncovering what's already there and you're letting the song sort of write itself in a way. That makes sense to me. I don't know. It's like, it's like what <laughs> in my head, it, that's how I, I visualize like it, makes it. To me, it makes sense to me, but you know what I mean? Like, no, I get what you're saying because the I way you're describing this really resonates with me. Cause this is a lot like how Ryan and I have written music. It's like, you know, you play with these riffs back and forth and it, like you sort of let it decide what it's going to be rather than try to force it, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I, but, but sometimes you, you have to also force it as well. You have to kind of sit down and be like, okay, now I'm going to do some songwriting because I got to finish this idea and it's a bit too rough. And you know what? I actually need a bridge for this and uh, I, I just got to get it done. And, um, and sometimes out of these, uh, because that's kind of, it sounds so boring to say this, you know, and it's so non-inspiring that, okay, I'm going to sit down and finish this. I mean, it's not like some kind of, you know, you're not, you're not write, writing some kind of report, you know, you're, you're making art, right. but, but sometimes good ideas come out of that, of those situations too. You know, I, I've written many cool things uh, out of, um, you know, um, 
un under stress or, or under pressure or under a situation where I was like, okay, I got to finish this now. Like we really have to get this done. Is there something about having like a deadline or having a coming up? Like, I got to submit this to the producer or do, for this track or whatever. Does, is that what you're talking about? We're like, I have to finish it because of this. It's either this that coming up. It can, ha it can happen. Yeah, that can happen. Uh, of course. Um, or sometimes it, it can just be like, okay, this isn't going nowhere. I don't want to have this idea half finished. I need to finish it and just, then just move on to the next song. Even if there isn't a deadline. So it's understandable there's got to be an element of of dedication an element of and you know once you do that and you push yourself a little bit like that then then you get inspired sometimes that all it takes is to just kind of sit there and, and push yourself and be like okay i'm gonna make something today and then all of a sudden you open up the box and then ideas start flowing out and um and then proper inspiration comes right. strange i don't know if you guys write stuff like that but yeah in, in that sense I've experienced it. I mean, I between the two of us, we've had both. Where we're like, yeah. we're gonna sit down and and try to write, and we've had other times where we're just like, hey, let's just let, we just pick up the guitars and start screwing around, and something awesome happens. You know, I could see how the creative process we talk about is kind of a mystical thing. It's like, where do these ideas come from? Why do they come when they come? It's like there's an element of it I don't think we'll ever fully understand. You know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people ask me because I've been doing a lot of YouTube videos the past couple of years, you know, with pandemic and everything. And people ask me, like, you should do uh, a video where, you know, you show us how you do songwriting and how you put a song from scratch. And I really find that hard to explain. I don't think I can just turn on a camera and then just write a song or just explain to somebody, this is how I do it. Do you think yeah. that's because the process didn't start? when you turned on the camera, the process started when you were nine, you know, that, that ability you have to craft these songs started way back when, and it's something that's taking you decades to accumulate to so that when you go sit down for a writing session, that's, that's your years of experience that rolls into that, that makes it possible for you to write the way you do. There's also the element of the idea mm -hmm. might hit me when I'm lying in bed. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. I mean, I, I hear ideas in my head all the time, even in my sleep, when I'm laying down, when I, sometimes when you wake up and you have like a really clear thoughts. Um, <clears throat> but what you said, Michael, I mean, it sounds very philosophical. I don't know if it, it goes all the way back to <laughs> when I'm nine years old. But I guess, yeah, our, our, whole, li our, our whole lives are... You know, certain. You know, it's a process to you know to to be where we are today. Um, and and that has something to do with it, of course. But yeah, it's just hard to say. Like, because I I've just given you a, a few examples of how I write music. Like I said, it could be where I just sit there and really fake it and just try to make up something, or it could be just staring at a wall for like eight hours and then. <laughs> <laughs> maybe nothing comes out you know <laughs> yeah it's so weird man like i don't if if we only had the formula right like you know you talked about how they sometimes it comes like it just you're blasted with 
with inspiration. Like if, if we knew the formula, like you got to have your room at 69 degrees on a Thursday at 9 PM. If you show up here, that's where the inspiration is. It'd be so much easier. Right, man. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, but you know, from experience also when I've done, when I walked into some sessions like in LA with producers or songwriters, like those guys, it's like a, their day job, you know, Uh, that was fascinating to me. Like, you know, they would tell me like, okay, we start with uh, 120 BPM. Let's make a beat and uh, play something over that. And then they just come up with shit like that. And then they make hits. I don't know how these people do it. I Have you ever I, done I couldn't session write. work at all that way? Uh, no. Uh, well, no, I, I did some songwriting for my album like that on my first solo record. I worked with some producers and songwriters. And I, I have not done it for others i've submitted songs for others but i already had them but not like walk into a uh, a session like monday morning let's start from scratch like you know right open up pro tools blank you know it just start i i (laughs) I can't do that i can't like i need my time to work on it and think about it like i can't just finish a song by by lunch you know like (laughs) lunch time you know i also think about like say they call you in to do a guitar solo or something specifically you know hypothetically it's like is is the best version of myself going to come out on that you know one to five you know takes that they do would it be better if i sat down and you know worked it out or it's an interesting guest solos for me are easier i think of them like they're just easier it's uh creating a solo is i don't know i'll I'll do a few takes i'll end up somewhere eventually um i don't know i don't know and uh, you know like a 30 second solo is a different it's a different thing than you know writing a song from its core you know creating a core of a song and saying something with that so yeah different things man you know what it's just we could talk about this for for days you know every nuance to yeah. each type of thing that you're gonna do it's like the music world is such an endless thing and in each specific element of it has so many endless nuances it's hard to you know be super specific with any you know one answer because there's so much that goes into it so yeah man yeah i mean music really never ends and songwriting i guess that's the like, uh, like the um for any composer, really, that's the, what do you call it? That's the, um, the, 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 the infinite quest, I guess, for, you know, the search for, for that idea that it's going to, you know, that's going to stay there, you know, that evergreen hit or that, you know, that, um, I mean, everybody's always looking for the perfect song. You know, you're trying to, every, with every song you write, you want to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is is this next one going to be the big one? Like, we'll, we'll... <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you never know. I mean, we. I guess that's that's, and that's the beauty of it as well. Like, I, I, my, my goal is to always try to make it better, make, write a better song, and that's why I love writing so much. So, do you have like uh, you talk about writing your magnum opus, right? Do you have like uh, anything specific? you know, like goal wise that you, you like, okay, once I do this, then I can, I can rest in peace. Or is it kind of just a, you know, like you said, an endless journey and you're just, you're just going to ride it. 
if if there's sorry the question is if i've if i've already made that that magnum opus or what, what was it what do you mean like do you have like a a specific goal like in your mind like once i do this okay my you know i'll, I'll feel good about my career or is it like you just take it as you go and and ride the wave, um, so to speak i mean there's things i want to do but at, at this point you know having made having made so many records it's it's not like i can say um uh, no i mean i still i still think there's room for a lot of improvement obviously i'm not i'm not where i want to be but i'm i'm getting close you know and, I, and i've seen i think I've, I've developed a lot i've grown a lot as a writer as a player uh i don't think that never really ends though right. i i do not know what will be considered my greatest work that i mean that's only something for history to show and for people it depends how that resonates with people and for with how many people i don't know i mean there's been so many times that i've thought this is the one i wrote the this is the fucking hit this one should be the <laughs> one man why isn't this like and every time i mean of course it doesn't become a, a big hit and then <laughs> and then you're like okay well let's get it next time maybe you know that was a label's fault now and uh next time it was the publicist's <laughs> fault and then next time it was uh oh bad timing you know i i, I don't know i so you've talked about that a lot too though right michael how when you put your art out into the world you don't really ever 100 percent control people are going to react to it you know yeah. how they're going to no, take know. it in yeah. as its own life and maybe maybe your greatest work is the body of work i mean think about the digital age we live in if we assume that i'm gonna get philosophical again it's my thing uh if we assume that 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 we're still going to be like after we're dead and gone that these recordings of these podcasts are still going to be out there somewhere digitally and and all your records and and you know that greatest hit maybe that feeling that you felt that was like oh my god this is it maybe that's 50 years 100 years or whatever into the future you know just like beethoven uh he's bigger now than he was back in the day yeah more people have heard but he of hasn't him. had a hit in 250 years <laughs> <laughs> slacker that's slacker you know but maybe your consciousness the digital yeah. consciousness well, that you, you upload what, Michael, to the mainframe will continue another cruising. thing is like in the guitar community like your stuff is hitting man yeah, oh, you're God, inspiring, yeah. you know, guitar players all over the world. And like you're really the, what you put out is, you know, I mean, it's potent stuff. It's, it's just, up there, man. You, you never wow. know which one is going to be the one that the general public is like, you know, I, you, you don't know. Really, you don't know. All you, all you got to do is uh, just, you know, hope you just you can just hope it resonates. And I found I found, you know, by doing this for 20 years now professionally, like it's good not to have too many expectations, because if you have too many expectations, you build that up in your head. You know, you will uh, you will be disappointed in the end because nobody guarantees you uh, you're going to have a hit. Nobody guarantees you success. Nobody guarantees you're going to have millions of views of your video or or your song or millions of sales or whatever. Like it's you have to think. Yeah, so you have to, you have to start, I don't know. I, like, if you're, you can easily get disappointed if you expect too much. If you don't, if you have, if you don't expect anything, a, anything good that'll happen, you will appreciate it in a, in a totally different way. And you have to, you have to 
think like you know you have to think like that i don't know i i do i do i think i think i always look at the the, the glass half full as they say um Think of the competition out there. How many songs are being dropped on Spotify every day, every single day, man? Like, I don't know, 20,000 songs a day? <laughs> like, yeah, why should anybody listen now, to right? you? Why should anybody buy a ticket to come see you or, you know, watch your videos? It's like just so much, so much stuff out there right now. And it has been like that for years and years. And um, like... You just have to be thankful for the ones who really support you and care for your music. Um, and if at some point it hits, it resonates with the larger audience, great. And that's, I guess that's the music business in a nutshell, maybe, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody yeah. just hopes to have that one or two good years <laughs> where they have maybe at and some it, point a little bit of a, uh, a momentum. And awesome. from there and on, it's, sorry, from there and on, from there and on it's just really... Um, the relationship you have with the, the, your, your core fan base, the ones that support you, because that's what it's all about. That, you know, it's come up a few times and, you know, what you've said has, has been brought up before. And also we get to talking about, well, what does success actually mean to you on an individual basis? You know, for some people, it's like, as long as I can do what I love and, and I did my best, that's successful. Some people, like you said, want to have a, make this much money a year other people want to have a number one hit like it, it it's really kind of like an individual basis on what is gonna make you feel like you you know you were yeah everybody has different goals man and different dreams and uh yeah success can be measured in uh in in you know with different uh in different uh parallels i guess but um I, I don't know. Like, I guess to me, success means to, to be, um, like you said, to, um, to do, to be able to do what you love. That's it. Because that's, then, then you're, then you find happiness. All the rest is just bonus. Like when I, because I, when I started doing this, I didn't get into it for money. I really didn't get it. I mean, I, if you want to make, if you think about making money and getting in the music industry, you're in the wrong business. Go, <laughs> go you know be on uh, get get on construct construction or something or real estate business yeah, not estate, not music right? you know? easy huh? money yeah real estate right there's a big one yeah i don't know but something else maybe i don't know like hmm. but not not music you know i mean there there's money to be made of course in music too but think about like mo most most of the musicians are just you know they're just not gonna they're 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 starving musicians you know that's that's the reality is that only a really small portion of somebody who actually can of us that can make a, a, a living out of this and uh, i mean the yeah. the big the big guys that you see that have you know all the big houses and cars and all this money that's like a small 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 percent that's probably like 100 or 200 artists or something of all the population of the world you know right yeah <laughs> Well, another thing that's striking to me is, you know, you made the decision, what would you say you're eight years old, 10 years old, you know, like, I'm going to do this. And you did it, man. So that like, to me, that's what's sticking out. Like, you found a way to make it happen, you know? Yeah, I think that was also one of my, um, what's the word? One of the um, strong points that I had 
a strong point. What's what's the word that I'm trying to find here? That that, well, that was one of the uh, you know, pluses of my personality. That I I um, some I somehow when I made a decision that I'm going to do this, I somehow did it, hmm. and I still operate like that to this day. Like if I say, oh, I'm going to make this uh, this year, I'm going to create this, or you know, two years ago I said I'm going to start a pickup company, I'm going to make guitar pickups, and I I just did it. We know, know this. Didn't know you have a pickup company. What? Yeah, it's, it's a small it? company. It's it's cool. it's just you know it's it's like a baby company. I mean, I, I just started making pickups like recently, and I, I don't make it myself. You know, I went to a factory in in, in Korea, and they make it, and um, <laughs> and I tested all the prototypes, and but you know, I found the people there, and I did it, and um, it's I, I, that's cool it, to think about that. Like, I had no plan B. I mean, nowadays. I, would, I wouldn't say if, if, if I, I don't have kids, but if I had a kid, I probably wouldn't tell him that I'll put the, place all your bets into this. That's not, that's not a good thing. Maybe, or any parent would advise their kid, like, uh, you know, maybe you should have some kind of a plan B to fall upon to in case it doesn't work out this music thing or this acting thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's pretty crazy to think that I thought, I mean, I could have been called delusional back the, back in that, back in the day where, I thought that it, there's no way this has to work. Then again, I was very young. I started out when I was 19. Um, so I knew I had a lot of time ahead of me to make all the mistakes and, and, and fail before something happens. But I somehow really believed that, okay, it's going to happen. You know, I, I am going to get that record deal. <laughs> yeah, that belief in yourself you know, is, is extremely important. You know, like you said, not a lot of people are going to lo- look at that and be like, oh, I don't know what Gus is thinking. I don't know if this is a viable yeah. thing to focus on. So I'm, I'm way more scared nowadays than I, when I was when I was uh, 20. <laughs> but, but, you know, now, now I'm older. So when you're older, you, you have all the insecurities of life. Life happens to you, basically. So you right. want to have that security. You know, when you're 20, you don't give a fuck. You just... <laughs> yeah let's go you, for you, it man yeah you know I, I didn't care man i had a suitcase and i was like okay i'm going to live in sweden now i didn't know where and how but i <laughs> I, I took a plane i went to sweden and i found somebody and i moved in with them and i started a band there so you how you the took, hell does that happen you left on yeah. the plane before having the place to stay yeah wow, wow man yeah i went with some friends of mine that were recording in a studio and i stayed with them in the studio for like two weeks until their session was done and then i was like basically left on the street and then i found uh, I, I networked there and then and, um jeez man luckily yeah, that's so you dedication. know uh, that's dedication yeah. to the to the dream do you have any like uh you know part of what we do is try to inspire people that are you know would be musicians or people that are thinking about doing this like do you have any specific things that you learned through that whole process that you think would help people you know like in the hard times maybe when you're like man i don't know Hmm. Sorry, for people that want to start out, you mean, or for people that have been kind of going through a journey already and thinking of going through hard times on with their career? I guess both. I think the the advice would probably apply to both in some sense. I mean, look, even now for me in that that I that, that I've had this 20-year old 20-year journey in music. I mean, I, I get frustrated many times as well. Not everything is always good. And, um, so 
I think everybody struggles, you know, to a certain level where wherever it is that you are in life or with your music or with your career or whatever, maybe you want to change sometimes. And uh, uh, there's a lot of things I could talk about. Um, so many things. Uh, I mean, now this is very generic what you're saying. I mean, if, if we narrow it down to specifics, I can definitely offer more. But maybe it could be more useful. But uh, I, I think just, uh, you know, having having goals and having, uh, you know, making a, a plan is always helpful. Not just leave everything to, to luck. And, uh, you know, a lot of the artists that are just only artists. They, they I think they maybe they, they suffer more maybe sometimes. I don't know. Because they don't know a lot of the things around the, what goes around this. So, you know, having a plan and try to figure out how to, how, to, how to execute that. And you don't have to make big steps, you know. It should be small steps every time. Small steps, you know, just uh, set goals and, and, do, and, and go, to, go get it done. Um, so, I don't know. I think it's just we keep coming back to there's no magic pill, you know. There's no magic formula. It's just you got no. There, there is no magic formula. Make it happen, you know. <laughs> I think it's trial and error for everybody. Everybody. Like you see all those fucking people on Instagram, where it's like the twelve rules of success, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Sleep early, uh, uh, <laughs> or I don't know, like meditate. <laughs> I've been trying those for years. They haven't worked yet, but <laughs> I'm working on it. They make it a formula. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, like make one post uh, every two days and the algorithm will open like no come on man <laughs> it's like they'd be charging social for media it that social way. media works like that it's trial and error you have to try things and, you know not every it's like that you know anybody will tell you that for from marketing to yeah it goes also to to being artists and creating something you don't know which song is going to resonate you don't know so there's no there's no magic formula if we knew it we would all be trillionaires and uh and uh ultra successful we'd be, and we would all have number one songs every every week <laughs> right we'd be doing this from our private jet right now yeah yeah michael yeah. flying to the private jet the, the inside the sound jet yeah i just i think i think the landscape is changing and, and i like to bring this this phrase up a lot i, I see this I don't know if I can see it, but we, I feel like we've tapped into something with with the show, even just this invisible web of musicians, amazing people, like all across the world that we've connected with and had these wonderful conversations with. And I feel like there's there's room for everybody. You know, there there's there's so much with the internet and so much diversity now that like everyone can have an audience. It's and like you said, it's, doesn't mean you're gonna have a hit, you know. But in terms of being able to no. make a living, that's doable. Yes, you are so right about this. You brought up a very interesting point. There is room for everybody with the internet. That's one of the great things of technology and the internet and all the platforms that we are given today, all these great tools, because that's how I view them as tools. And, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, actually, when I was starting with Firewind, it was really unpopular to have solos. Oh, uh, yeah, that's guitar right. solos. Back then, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, early 2000s, late 90s Which is or whatever. A shame to it me. Was a, a crime that was a shame crime. That a guitar solo but was ever a bad I didn't really care. So I did my solo. I did my Ingrid Malmsteen style solos. And eventually, 
<laughs> fans in Japan liked it. And then from there, you know, there was a resurgence of that in America. And then boom, you know, then there was room for all of us all of a sudden and a new audience. <clears throat> and nowadays you can play whatever the hell you like. It can be as weird as you like or whatever it is or ex as experimental. And there is an audience for that. Right. And so that there's uh, and yeah, you can have success within your little corner. And that's how I view myself. I'm just like stuck in my little corner and I'm doing my thing. I'm not worried about the mainstream. I'm not worried about radio. I'm not worried about those things. I don't, I don't have to. I, uh, and that's one also brings me to another point where I was saying like, the, you know, when you say there's room for everybody, there's an audience, there's a, a niche kind of market for everybody. I remember my A&R at Century Media Records telling me that like 12 years ago, and he was like, you'll see soon the music and the whole entertainment industry is going to be subscription-based. So this means, he's like, you should, what you should do is like, you should establish a relationship with your fan base, somehow gather them onto some kind of channel or through some, something, and that's all you'll need. That's all you'll need. And he said, soon all... Like all these labels, me, all these people won't matter to you guys anymore. It won't be as important. And um, and it pissed me off when he said that to me, but because I was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, he called. I was it, like, though, what right? do you mean? We're not going for That's... world domination. We're not gonna <laughs> fucking sell out stadiums and do like you're not gonna throw like hundreds of thousands of dollars into marketing. What what is this shit? <laughs> <laughs> world domination. <laughs> That's a yeah. Good... Oh man, <laughs> but. He was right. And this is it, you know, building, you know, it, this is like a, especially like in rock and metal. I don't know. I cannot speak for other styles because I don't know, but in, in rock and heavy metal, it, it's all about the community. It is yeah. a community thing. That, that's why it's, it's always been like ignored by mainstream media and, you know, and the Grammys and all those people. It's like, it, but the community is so strong and so loyal it's it's amazing so you don't need all the outside stuff you know you all you need is, is the people that support you i will say this i know you have a thought michael i just, a side note thank you guys for keeping the you know the guitar music alive because yeah. <laughs> people like us it's just like you know like you said there was a period there where solos were kind of went away <laughs> yeah. yeah it kind of went away so we well, the way that I look at it is that alive. <laughs> the, the way, thank you. The, the way that I look at it is like, this is all I can do. This is all I know how to do. So this is the music I like to play. This is the music that comes out of me, of my fingers and my brain or whatever. And if somebody likes it. That's great. That, what else is there? I mean, think about it. If I want to tap into the neck, into the latest, um, trend or whatever that is by the time i learn how to do that and think about it that trend will already be gone yeah. so yeah right so there's no point really just stick mm. to your guns man do what you what you like you will always be happy you will find happiness like i said before you will be happy doing that forever and at some point think you know things turn around like uh, trends turn around uh what's not cool at all today you never know what's gonna be like in three five years from now and it, it doesn't really matter even if it's cool if it's considered by others cool it doesn't really matter if guitar is your thing and you want to play lots of solos do that <laughs> you know i'm never going to be upset with that 
Never. Oh man. I mean, I just... look, look how look how big Prague has become the last few years. That's true. Yeah, it's that's come back there and that. Like I see all these guitarists on Instagram and they that play world. like jazz and fusion and like that's isn't it great. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa! What are these chords that are playing? I didn't even know they exist. <laughs> <that many chords. laughs> I love that. The, I'm sorry. I just really can I just bask in the moment, Ryan? That, that Gus G even has the same reaction I do when well, I hear some like, of these players. I'm like, okay. I don't know about I don't know about you, Gus, but I I kind of grew up on the the classic metal, classic rock, like guitar school and brain of of listening and and thinking. So I kind of resonate with that. So yeah. when I see when I see all this other stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's super cool. But like you said, I'm like, man, I don't I don't know what's going on here, but awesome. <laughs> but cool, you know, they have their own audience too, and it's it's not small and uh and uh people dig that and and I mean Yeah. And 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 more, you know, plain rock dudes like us look at that and go like, wow, that's interesting. And maybe <laughs> inspiring it at some point to uh, up to a certain extent and uh so it's always good, man. It's always good. I mean, that, that goes to show you that there things keep always rolling and keep evolving. What you said earlier really, really resonated. This is the thought that I've been trying to get out for a while now that I just I have to share because I just you but you basically said it too about community. Cause I again, you know, the more we do this, the more we talk to musicians just face to face and and actually just talk to them. I, I don't I stop viewing other music acts or whatever as competition it's more like community because i you know even even the pop guys you know they and and the country and you know all these other there's so many avenues right they've all been doing the same thing where they're cultivating an audience and you know if i've got a patreon subscriber that pays me ten dollars a month that same guy might love a country act and they pay 10 bucks a month to that guy like it it, it gives us even though the 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 old model sort of crashed you know the old record label model there's this mm -hmm. there's this new opportunity for artists and and different you know like i talk about this invisible web there's there's all this this untapped potential i think around the world that uh we're gonna see flourish like in blossom over the course of the next few years decades that I don't even think we know what's coming, but this wave, this new wave of, of music that's coming, it's going to be like a renaissance that we didn't even anticipate. I can see what's coming. I think we're all going to live in this fucking metaverse as avatars, and there's going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be selling NFTs of these guitars in like virtual walls of somebody's somebody's house. Hey, you know what, Gus? Heck yeah. I can, I can have a trillion dollar mansion in the metaverse. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. You know, let's, you, you should get early right on to this now because maybe when it's when we all actually live in there maybe you won't be able to afford it maybe we'll be like a fucking <laughs> billion dollars you'll be like really for I real better go get my, <laughs> better go Buy get my some mansion and my ferrari in the metaverse <laughs> <laughs> oh, i can see that man i can see people buying virtual land in the next yeah. 10 years that's what's going to be happening it's already happening man it's already happening. it is people buy nfts they buy like pixels or what what is it what is it like a <laughs> fucking jpeg yeah. for like thousands of dollars JPEG, yeah. yeah it's real thousands, thousands and how cool is yeah. it that like like got someone like yourself who's got this huge catalog of songs to pull like you put on some concert somewhere at some great theater or some whatever stadium whatever you're doing right and you could sell tickets to that where people put on the vr goggles and they're there you know and they can see everything and they can get close up and like oh my god like for, as a music fan you know i can't always fly to 
whatever to wherever you're playing you're somewhere in in europe or someone's over part of the america i can't get to like it's cool that that's going to be an option i I really think it's going to be kind of an interesting it's funny man we're not that old but some of this stuff like i never saw it coming when i was a kid. oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) never sorry how old are you guys i think i'm probably i'm probably uh the oldest here I'm, i'm 41 i'm 39 you're not 39 don't don't round up he's 38 and i'm 37 oh i am okay okay so basically okay we have like three i lost years track difference. of that when i was 25 so cons- consider yourself lucky right so so the thing is our generation we think about it we witnessed like from from we went from um analog to complete digital like we we saw we witnessed the technological miracle like you know, from from having to dial like a phone like that to oh yeah, like holograms. Phones <laughs> had know? cords Crazy. back then. Remember, I'm old enough to have had a job delivering newspapers. That's <laughs> there you go. Weird. So, and and so it's it's like our generation. I don't know if we were, you know, lucky or whatever you want to call it, but you know, we wit- we we saw all that so. It, I don't know. Somehow I think it's a, I don't know. It's like a, it's like a miracle because think of somebody who's born today. They will never know. They will never experience that the world that has existed before that, before, right. you know, before Wi-Fi. I mean, Wi-Fi, when I uh, first heard of Wi-Fi, yeah. like, what is that? I remember yeah, I, I was on tour with Arch Enemy <laughs> in 2005 at the Ausfest. And I remember Michael Amott, the guitar player said to me, Oh, there's this thing called Wi-Fi. You can like it's you can go wireless with with internet. I said, How is that possible? He says, I don't know. He said it's something from the future. It's like it's in the air. <laughs> I said, How can internet be in the air? You have to plug somewhere to get that. He said, I don't know, but they did it. That was like 15 years ago, 16 years ago, right? Wow. And yeah, we all remember the dial up, the yeah, yeah. Obnoxious. The, the 56k modem yeah yeah <laughs> yeah man. and now, now everything can... is like in like i'm talking i'm, I'm talking I'm, I'm talking to you from my phone <laughs> from across the world man it's insane yeah. i know it really is three separate locations that's incredible and the the, the lag is almost nil I mean, it's, it's incredible what yeah. we live in the future. I do like, like I said, Oh, it's the future. We live in the future. It's amazing. Yeah. But aren't you bummed out that still there's no flying cars? <laughs> you know, <A> little. <laughs> oddly enough, we were having the discussion and I'm like, you know, every day I see a wreck, you know, when people are driving on the ground, what would happen if people were flying? They'd just oh, be man. crashing into each a, other. A lot of, a lot of accidents for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to be right around the corner from that, though, right? Pretty much the flying car. Yeah. Well, the self-driving cars. We're we're already. Well, those exist. The Teslas do that. Yeah. So. They also explode there, man. From the the battery. (laughs) Battery explosions. Oh, man. I mean that that. Yeah, technology's great until it turns on you, man. Until turns. Skynet. We're gonna. So well, one, of your recent, one of your recent videos kind of had the the imagery of the ai like the the robots you know what i mean i'm like that Mine? yeah that's a real thing oh you're probably talking about that fire video welcome to the yeah, empire yeah 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 that, 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 so, that's what that song is about it feels really. like reality. You know, ai technology taking over 
So, man. Well, at least well, when they take I think over, the video have... was about. I think the vi- the video was about two robots playing a, a chess game, and which would decide the fate of humanity. Wow. <laughs> hopefully we don't hopefully that. <laughs> when the robots take over they'll have an awesome song to rock out to that'll be their anthem just saying right <laughs> i like they're that. gonna make the decision while pumping in the fire they'll be wind. pumping they'll be fist pumping they'll be yeah. right well guys this flew by today man thanks thanks for making time for it thank you it's a pleasure guys uh, the pleasure was ours uh i would like to ask though if you had any other words of wisdom you'd care to share with our audience I don't know. Wear condoms. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's more valuable advice than I think you understand, Gus. You know? <laughs> huh. That was worth the price of admission right there. Um, <laughs> Ryan, what about you, buddy? Do you got any, uh, any words of wisdom you'd like to share? Let's just be wild and free, baby. Wild and free. All right. Well, we've got a we've got a little outro song to to say goodbye to everybody, uh, folks. You know we love you, and uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, and bye.